For those of you who don't know me, my name is Amanda Russo. I'm the Assistant Women's Ministry Director here at the church. Um, I have been coming to Crossroads for about eight years now. I'm married to my husband, Matt, and I have three kids, Jacob, who's 10, Abby's eight, and Lucas, six. Um, I just want to give a little bit of my testimony and how I got to where I am today. I truly owe everything to my mother. She's raised me and my sister in the church. She understood the importance of keeping her children in the church. Um, so I'm very thankful for her. Oftentimes when I was growing up, I'd walk into her bedroom as she'd be getting ready for work and I'd be getting ready for school. And I'd see her on the side of the bed. She has the same Bible today that she's had 20 years ago. And um, she'd be reading her Bible or I'd see her praying. And I remember even as a young girl, knowing like, that's what I'm supposed to do when I get older. Like, this is what moms do. Like it, it, she instilled it in me in such a young age. And I just want to say for all of you who are in that season of life where you feel like you have to wake up early and make sure you get your Bible time in and your alone time with the Lord. And it's also really important for our kids to see us in our word and see us making Jesus a priority. This past summer, um, I spent my mornings on my front porch and I would go out and that's where I would do my private time with the Lord and my kids would be playing outside and they'd come up to me, but I wanted them to understand like, I'm not done talking to Jesus yet. I need you to give me a few more minutes. I want them. I want them to understand that it's important to me. I want them to see me living this out. I had dated my, my husband. I had met him and I went to the same church. We grew up together. I started dating him. When I was 15. He was 14 at the time. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we were, we were involved in youth group. God really used him so mightily in my life. He was my best friend. And I believe that God really put him in my life just to kind of avoid the drama of every other high school problems that happened. So I'm very thankful that I had him. We both went to nursing school together and then uh, um, we had grad we got married. I was 21 at the time and he was 20. And we both started working as nurses. And for those of you who work in the hospital, you know, the night shift, weekend shift, um, it's a lot. And we tried to find a church. We would kind of church shop around here. We lived in New Jersey and now we moved to Pennsylvania. So it was our first time. We really didn't know what we were doing and we would go sometimes if we could. But then we worked weekend programs. So then every single weekend we were in the hospital. So we weren't able to come to church. Um, Matt then went to anesthesia school. So he's now in Philly Monday through Friday and I'm now working every weekend. We have Jacob who's two years old and Abby who's nine months old. And Jacob decides to get sick. He's been sick for a few days with the fever. You know, you bring him to the doctor, like, oh, it's just viral, let it run its course. And we did, and then again, like it just kept spiking this temperature. And he woke up one time with like knee pain and he wasn't walking straight. And I called Matt, I'm like, we have to bring him to the ER. Something is not right. So we brought him and they ran tests. Like at one point in his hospitalization, his temp was over 106 and they had absolutely no idea. They didn't know what the source of this infection was. So, you know, they kept him for a few days and I'm in this spirit of, I mean, Judy can attest, I feel angry in my spirit. I'm not scared for him. I'm not nervous. I'm not fearful. I am like, devil, who do you think you are touching my child? He's God's child. And I had this spirit of like fighting. And my husband on the other hand was a basket case. And I had absolutely no idea because I don't know anybody else who has tight-lipped husbands. He doesn't love to talk about his feelings. So I had no idea. And for those who know my husband today, he cries often. So the Holy Spirit's definitely done a work in his life. So he just told me this this past summer. He said that when I was staying with Jacob in the hospital, and he said he pulled into the hospital and he parked his car and he said, 
He completely broke down in front of the Lord and he said, Lord, I promise to serve you and to lead my family well if you heal my son. And Jacob was healed. All that it was was just a viral on top of a bacterial infection because his tonsils got all swollen. They put him on some IV antibiotics and he was good to go. So God really does turn all of it around for our good, even in our trials. So from then on, I'm still working every weekend, but my husband now is taking our two-year-old and nine-month-old to Crossroads Community Church here at the church all by himself. Jack and Judy started coming in, my mom, so he'd found the church with them. And he would bring them diligently every single week. And then a few months later, he had graduated anesthesia school, so he started working, and I got pregnant with my third son. So I was able to just quit work and become stay-at-home, and I started coming to this amazing church. And my biggest part of my testimony is I had no idea how dry I was and how stagnant I had become in my walk with the Lord because I wasn't in a community until I got here and I became so on fire for the things of God and I didn't even realize all that I was missing. I I tried to read my Bible, you know, like you try for a few days and like, all right, Lord, I'm going to start again fresh on Monday. Like I'm going to do this, Lord. I remember like I worked in critical care and a lot of our patients were pretty sedated. So I'd be able to, I would bring in my phone and listen to Charles Stanley. I would listen to his sermons. Like I was just so stuck. I didn't know that I needed to grow and I didn't know how until I came here and I got involved in my father-in-law's Bible study right away and in prayer and um, I wanted to help in children's church. I just couldn't get enough of the more of God. I, I had to make up for all the years that I was so stagnant and I didn't realize it. I had met a wonderful group of ladies here and we became wonderful friends. We were all have the children in the same season of life and we would text one another and joke and pray together. And even a few years ago, we went on a girls weekend and um, we each brought, it was wonderful. We each brought a devotional and we each took a turn leading a devotional that weekend. And we prayed for one another and we worshiped. And, you know, of course we had wonderful shopping and eating and all that. But let me tell you, when I came home, the peace of God was just all over me. I was so filled with the presence of God because we made him a priority in our lives. And it's just a beautiful thing that I, I'm thankful that I have friends who knew how to draw me closer to the Lord. Our pastor often talks about lone wolf Christianity. We're never meant to do this walk alone. I didn't realize at the time, but that's 100% when it happened to me. My routine, my priorities got messed up. The enemy, he's so sly. It could just be a missed Sunday there or a Wednesday, like it's really, I'm too tired. Like I'm gonna miss this Wednesday. I won't come to Bible study or I won't come to the women's thing. It's too cold out. And you can think of a thousand excuses, but God's given each and every one of us gifts and he cannot use you in your giftings that are meant for the body of Christ if you are not going to be involved in the body. We need one another. I understand another night during the week, if we're talking about women's ministry, I understand it's hard. For those of you who've come over the mountain, we understand, right? That mountain, the snow, the rain, if it's dark, all of it. Like I can think of a thousand excuses to not come here. But when I'm praying for what to speak on and just praying into this ministry, I feel the Lord had given me a word and it's emboldened. And I had, I know it's God because I had to look it up. And usually that's how I know. I'm like, I need to just make sure I understand what this means. And the word means to give someone the courage or confidence to do something or to behave in a certain way. He wants to use each and every one of us in each other's lives to embolden one another. The enemy, like I said, he's so sly. You could be thinking things about yourself. Like I, I can't pray out loud. There's no way I don't have words. Like I'm not a leader. I'm such an introvert. 
But let me tell you, that's the lie of the enemy. I want to just tell you a quick story of myself. Um, back in September, I had listened to this sermon and it was just the most powerful sermon to, for me at the time. And he was speaking about how um, all his life he grew up believing he was a klutz, he was clumsy, like he was the kid who was always in the ER and all of his family like, oh, of course, that's him. That's, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's just who he is. And he said in his adult life, I believe he said he's broken 19 bones in his body. And it was normal, like that's just what was spoken over him from a child that he started to believe it for himself. And he said that he finally, he was on vacation a few years ago. And he said he literally walked in a hole, got his foot in a hole, fell and shattered his shoulder blade and had to get surgery. So he's there then recuperating at home and he's, he's talking to God like, this isn't normal. What is going on here? Like, I don't understand. And the Lord's like, you believe the lies for all these years and you started to take them as truth for yourself. We know in Proverbs, the power of life and death is in our tongue, right? So he just started to believe these. So anyway, I'm driving home from Rainbows. I've got my three kids in the car and, you know, I love to talk to them deep theological truths when they're stuck and they have nowhere to go. They're stuck in that car. So I'm telling him about this sermon because it just hit me so hard. And I'm like, guys, I want you to understand, don't ever speak to anybody and tell them, like, you don't know what one thing you say could really, they could take that and hold on to it and they could start believing this lie over themselves. And I'm like, I don't ever want you to guys, don't want you to start talking ill of yourself. And I said, don't ever say that you're stupid. Don't ever say it. And immediately the Holy Spirit hit me. I know I was right by Bear Rock Junction about to come over the mountain. And he's like, that's exactly what you've done. Do you not know that, Amanda? You've said this over yourself for so many years that you are not smart, that you're stupid. And see, what had happened was my husband, like I said, I've been dating him since he was 15. He's a very smart man. For those of you who do know him, he just does well in school. He never had a study. He excels in his nursing career. He just is, and he's, he had a word prophesied over him that he has wisdom beyond his years. And it's true. He's very wise. So I started to lean on him like, okay, I ha if we have a disagreement, his answer is most likely the correct answer. Like, okay, I'm going to go with yours. Like, or it's spilled into every part of my life where I'm like, okay, like, let me run this by Matt. If he thinks it's a good idea, then for sure it's a good idea. And if he doesn't, then it doesn't, it's not going to work. And the Holy Spirit, I had to repent because it showed me, I was saying yes to God. You know, you cry the Isaiah six, like send me Lord, who are you going to send? Send me. So I'm saying yes to God, but I was saying no to myself, really what was happening. I'm like, yes, God. And he's like, I cannot even begin to tell you what I have for you because you don't believe it for yourself yet. You're caught in the lie of the enemy that you cannot do it anyway. So I'm not even ready to tell you because you're not ready. And from that point on, I'm like, you know what, Lord, I, I had to repent. And I said, I am saying yes to you. And Lord, I'm saying yes to Amanda. I'm saying yes to myself, even in my failings. It's okay, God. Like, I want what you have for me and I'm giving you all of me. And from that point on, I mean, the fact that I'm even standing up to here today is because I'm not saying no to the Lord anymore. I'm not saying no to me. I started taking ministry courses. I don't know where God's going to lead me with them, but I, who would have ever thought I'd go back to school? I mean, I got my bachelor's in nursing. And then when you have mom brain, right, then I had three kids. I'm like, there's no way I could go back to school. But here I am. I'm done saying no to me. And I'm thankful for that sermon that day. But what I'm trying to say is that we are here for one another to embolden one another, to stop believing the lies of the enemy. For those who are going to do the How to Worship a King study with us, spoiler alert, because the first the first video, he talks about how we get to bless each other. 
And he says, it's not just like, bless you, have a wonderful day, I'm gonna bless you. He's like, no, you get to bless them by you looking at them with prophetic eyes and seeing what maybe not where they're at yet, but where God sees them to go. And we get to embolden one another and come alongside of one another and start tearing down the lies that the enemy has had us just veiled over. And he wants to break through and break out of that. He has got great plans for each and every one of us, amen? I think of the digital media department and I look at Lee and I see all the, like the teenagers who are doing the live stream and the soundboard and, and all of it. And he's emboldening them. He's coming alongside of them and, and speaking into, into their lives. I look at Josh Dugan, the young boy, he's been up here doing worship. There's had to have been people coming alongside of him, emboldening him, encouraging him in this gifting. I look at Summer, who's here today, who's who's got the gift of, she's the church babysitter at this point, but it's because that us women see a gift in you, honey. That's not, it's not normal. It's that's not what a normal teenager should be. There's a gift that God's placed in you, a love for children. I, I do believe you're gonna be a children's pastor. I'm saying that prophetically. There's a nor there's it's abnormal the way that you are, and it's God's special gift in you. So we need to come alongside and start emboldening one another. I think it's iron sharpening iron. We need one another. If you think of someone who's like you haven't seen them in a while and then all of a sudden you look at them and they were they were dieting and they're exercising so you look at them and you're like wow like what did you do you look fantastic like i need you to tell me exactly what you did so they give you their diet and their exercise regimen you go home and you do it and how many days does it take for you to fall off the bandwagon right but think about if you had an accountability partner that you're like, listen, I want you to check in with me, with me every day. I want to work out and I want you to make sure I get my workout in. Or I think of Weight Watchers. I don't know if they still do this, but they would meet every week. They knew what was up. Like they understood that getting together with the same goal in mind to, they would celebrate when you lost the 0.2 pound with you and they would mourn with you if you gained the 0.2 pound. But there was something about being together that they understood. And I think that's what we need to be doing in the spiritual realm. This is what we need to be looking like. When you hear stories of what God's doing in this house, we've been hearing like Holy Spirit transformations and like, it's exciting, it's invigorating. There's like a fire in us that wants to burn. And I believe God wants us to do it together. Our togetherness, it matters to God. He loves it when we're worshiping together. He loves it when we're on mission together. And the best way to grow is to have people come alongside of you with this same goal in mind. Well, women, I believe that this is our year. God is calling us up and out of the same old, same old. He is calling us into boldness, into deep relationship with one another as he draws us closer to himself. I'm expecting God's stories this year. He wants to blow us away with his goodness. He wants each of us to take a part of something that he is doing in this ministry. I believe that revival is coming to us women. We have seen and heard the stories of what God is doing in the men's ministry, but I believe deep within me, it's God is calling us women to arise. It's our time to grow. The dormant season for us is over, amen? I decree and declare a season of growth for us. Awake, oh sleeper. God is calling us up and out. And how are we gonna do this? We're gonna do this together. We are gonna get to grow together. We're gonna get to know one another, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I know Amanda's heart as well as the Lord's heart for this women's ministry is to cultivate relationship amongst each other. God wants his people in fellowship with one another, not just for the sake of having a shopping partner, though that's a wonderful added benefit. <laughs> 
but truly for having a battle partner, someone who will come alongside of you in prayer and battle for your family or a specific need in your life, someone who can speak a word to you in due season, and someone you can just sit next to, even if they have no words for you, but their presence is enough. This is what I feel like God wants us to be in this ministry. If you want to put up the Roman tortoise formation, have any of you heard of this Roman tortoise? I, Cindy Van Arsel, and you call it turtle. You just yell turtle. So I'm going to explain. So this is what the uh, stance that the Roman soldiers would take. And it says that this offered consistent defensive strength against opposing infantry and excellent protection against arrows and other missile attacks. As you can see, their shields, they're not just like the little dinky shields of faith that like our kids have, but they, they go from their eyeballs to their shins and they stand in the square formation and the ones in the middle, they put their shields, of, their shields up over them to protect them. I do believe that this is what we're supposed to look like in the spiritual realm. When the enemy is on the prowl seeking whom he shall devour, he will only find a sisterhood of soldiers who understand how to cover each other with their spiritual armor. If discouragement or sickness or any trial that you may be under is trying to attack you, I want you to picture yourself in here with women coming alongside of you battling. And something I want to say, and I'm guilty of, when someone comes to prayer, oftentimes like, I'll pray that prayer, I will. But to continue in prayer, I think even you guys have these notebooks. If we, as we come to get to know one another, if there's prayer needs, write them down. I want to battle alongside of you because I want to come out of the victory with you. I don't want to just pray the one prayer and say I'm praying like I am ready and I am praying until we see the victory together because I get to celebrate in that victory with you. I think this is what we're to look like. We're supposed to be a sisterhood that we know we can come and we can get in. The, just picture yourself in the middle of this soldier of sisters who just are battling for you when you don't have the strength to do it yourself. I keep hearing talking people talking about revival and it's coming and it's not going to be how it used to be. It's not going to come with a person or, you know, on television, but it's going to come through you and I. It's going to come when we're a Target or Duncan or Weiss and the Holy Spirit's just going to start flowing and moving through us and the power of God is just going to get people saved. I know Pastor said there's such low-lying fruit now. Everybody is hungry for something and we have the answer. We have what it is. And it started to make me think of how did Jesus send out his disciples? In Mark 6, 7, it said, And he called his 12 disciples together, and he began sending them out. How? Two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. And in Luke 10, 1, it says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them out. How? Two by two, ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Think of the missionaries. We have Paul and... Silas, you have Mark and Barnabas. Why? Why does God, why didn't he send them out alone? Because he, he knew they needed each other. Ladies, we need each other for physical support, for spiritual support, for emotional support. There's a reason God had his people sent out together and we too need to be sent out together. Just think of going to the park and we hang out and, and we get to minister if there's a mom there who comes in our path or if you find somebody you wanna go out to lunch with them and we're able to witness to the waiter or the waitress. The beauty, isn't it less scary than doing it alone? I'd say so. I'd rather be doing it with a sister coming alongside of me who I can trust to help me share the gospel message. I'm excited too for all the God stories. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.31, Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. 
I get phone calls from friends and family who do boast in the Lord. They want to call and tell us this amazing God story. And I just, they have to share it with somebody or something that God revealed or a prayer that was answered. And it's, it's encouraging and it's uplifting. And I'm tired of hearing what God is doing everywhere else in the world. And we kind of forget about what God's doing here. And it's because we need to open our mouths. We need to start boasting about what God is doing in us and for us and through us. Because really, if we're not talking about him, what are we talking about? We have to be careful that we're not gossiping or judging or criticizing others. So if we have the name of Jesus on our lips, we're giving glory to him. We're supposed to be boasting about what it is that he's doing around us. The last topic I want to touch on for um, the last few minutes is mentorship and discipleship or discipling. How we grow together horizontally, it comes as we grow together vertically. We need each other to be mentors in, my, in our lives. One of my favorite names of the Lord, um, which I just heard a few years ago, and it's, I might butcher it, but it's Jehovah Makadesh. And it's the Lord, my sanctifier. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that God doesn't leave me where I'm at, but he continually grows me and he continually sanctifies me. I look at where I was five years ago and I'm like, I got it together. Like I feel so spiritually mature. And then I stand here today and I'm like, wow, I can't even believe I thought I had it together. I've gone through so many more things. And I'm going to say the same thing five years from now. Like, I can't believe today she thought she had it together because there's going to be growth. And the beautiful thing is God uses one another to refine us, to sanctify us, to do it together. I recently heard pastors say we have maybe 300 congregants in the church. So just think if there was maybe 100 of us, who would, that would be women who could be involved in this ministry. Think of the testimonies from the trials. They're, all of our testimonies can be used to share wisdom and what we have learned in our lives to help others who are going through similar things. For all you single mothers out there who are maybe raising your children and you're all alone and doing it, I'll tell you, you should reach out and try to find the other women who have grown children who are serving the Lord today. That'd be a great connection to talk to. We have to get a little vulnerable with one another. We kind of have to let the pride fall down. None of us have it all together. But I think if we start getting hungry for, for growth in the things of God, we can make these connections and ask them like, how did you do it? I look at Colette Gogler today, who's got six kids, not only in this church, but serving in this church. She's somebody we should probably, us young ladies, take out for coffee or lunch sometime and ask her, help a sister out, how'd you do it? You know, what was your prayer life like back then? What was your devotion? Like, would you and Tim, was there, was there something that you feel like you did that you raised them? That's a connection that us young women should make. There's connections all over this room. And as we get to know one another and hear our testimonies, we really just kind of got to get a little bit out there. If we have nothing else in common, but the fact that we're here today because Jesus is in common and that's truly all that we need to have in common. If that's all we talk about, right? Like it's fine. Start talking about what God's revealing to you in his word. Or if you have a question, just ask. You're going to know people by their fruit. You're going to know the ones who live a life dedicated to the Lord because there's a fragrance that comes off of them. Seek out those people. If you're needing accountability partner, seek them out. I am sure that they're willing to help you and want you to grow. Look for these connections and God will reveal. He'll put people in our paths as you truly want to know more about how to grow in the things of, of God. I have had countless mentors in my life who've come alongside of me, speaking into areas that I would have never seen for myself. If I didn't have them discipling me, giving me biblical advice, not worldly relevant advice, and encouraging me in my gifting, I'm not too sure where I'd be today. I'm not sure how involved I'd be in church today or how on fire I'd be for the Lord. 
They've called me out without even knowing to get me out of my comfort zone and step out for the Lord without fear of man. I'll just share a quick story of Jack and Jube. Um, they are my in-laws for those of you who don't who don't know that. But I remember one particular Sunday, Luke was a baby. We were sitting in the back row just in case, you know, he cried and I had to get up. And we were we were worshiping. And then in the middle of like song changes, just like the free worship, I heard them worshiping freely out of their spirit. And there was a bubbling in me like I wanted to do that, but I was too scared. And I came home and I was telling my husband, like, I feel like I want to be like your parents. Like I have that in me. And he looked at me with like a crazy look like, so if you feel like you can, you want to do it, then why aren't you just doing it? And really came down to fear of man. I didn't want anybody to look at me weird. Like who's she, who's she? you know, pastor talked about that in his sermon a few weeks ago with worship when he was in youth. Like you put the one hand up and you're looking like, who's looking at me? And then the other hand, and then finally you're like, what does it matter? And you get your hands up and you just realize it doesn't matter when anybody else. And they've been people in my life who've taught me that. And it's because I know them again by their fruit. They don't live, they, they don't just say they're Christian, but they, they live the Christian walk of faith. They're, they're the same on Sunday that they are Monday through Saturday. And I can look up to them in that area of life. In, in all areas of life, to be quite honest with you. They've been wonderful mentors and they've modeled for me how to live for the Lord. Like I said, Christian's not just a term for them, but a way of life. They've taught me what it looks like to live a life of faith, clinging to the cross and standing on the promises of God. They've made me uncomfortable in moments of spiritual stagnation, always pushing me in my walk with the Lord. Philippians 3.13, it says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I have had mentors in my life pressing me on toward holiness. Can we make sure that our group of women are here for one another, pushing each other on toward holiness? I remember a lot of my high school and college years, my Nana, who's still this still alive today and still gives me the same advice that she's given me all those those years ago and she just would say just what it could be good news or bad news it didn't matter to her what it was and at times you know when you're in high school like any any other advice could you give me anything else but truly it's the best advice and she just would say to leave it at the cross it's where you'll find everything you need there it's a very simple thought really we get to sit and rest we get to place our burden there and walk away with the peace of christ he says that his burden is light and his yoke is easy. I'm thankful for mentors who point me to Jesus to keep me humble, to keep me strong, and to keep me, me centered on my Lord and Savior. Can we be this for one another, ladies? I need this in my life. I need people to surround me and tell me the hard truths and keep pointing me back to Christ. Can we grow together? My prayer is that we can become so intertwined with one another that there's no woman left behind that we maybe meet together here once a month for our meetings, but that we're making reconnections all month long on Sundays, or we're, we're going out to the park, or we're going out for lunch, whatever it is, however God wants to lead us and, and do that, that we get to boast to one another and what God is doing. We get to check in and hold each other accountable, and we get to pray for one another. I recently read a quote from a book, and it said, Call Before the Cry. We need to strive for such unity within this body of beautiful women here that if we're having a tough day or a tough week or a tough season, that we're gonna have somebody to reach out for support before we crumble and cry beneath the weight of what we're dealing with um, at the time. 
Many of us have, feel, have seasons of feeling lonely or misunderstood or left out. You may know so many people here, but yet you don't feel known at all. Or maybe your relational cup is full and you do know everybody and you have all these connections. Wherever you are in your, in your walk and in your relationships today, whatever situation may be having you feel detached and adrift, God wants to rectify that today. We're building a community of women who love and pursue God and want to do life together. We want and need to support each other, to lift each other up. We want you to have someone that you can call before the cry. So let's come together and make the devil shake with fear over what us women are doing. Let's grow together. So who is with me? Are we ready to grow together as we grow closer to Christ? Let us just pray and let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I thank you for every single woman that's represented here in this room, Lord God. I thank you for what you are doing within this ministry, Lord. We thank you for your outpouring of your Holy Spirit that you've been doing and we are believing for you to continue to do. I thank you for every single gift that you have placed in each and every one of us, Lord God. Like you said, we're the body of Christ and we have all different parts, so we all do need one another. So Father, I pray that you would embolden one another, God, to move forward in whatever it is that you would have for us, that we could start speaking truths to one another, Lord. I pray for a peace and a unity within this sisterhood of soldiers, of Christ's soldiers, Lord, that when we do battle, we're not battling alone and we understand that we would be here for one another, Lord. I pray that that you would help us grow together, that you would knit us together like a beautiful bouquet as all of us are different, but yeah, we're all beautiful and unique. And as we come together to do your will on the earth, Lord, that we would be kingdom shakers and movers. So I thank you and I praise you, Lord God. Would you bless this ministry of bloom in Jesus' name? Amen.